There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. Gil Alexander and Jeff Parlay in tow. Once again, producer number five and number eight this morning. Does a show on the weekends by the name of Jeff Parles called Bet Center, or with the name of Jeff Parles called Bet Center. How you doing, Jeff? You good? Did I miss anything yesterday? Uh, yeah, I think we have to get into that. We will get into, won't start with that, but we will get into uh, the NFL's one-year minimum suspension of Calvin Ridley. I have much to say, Jeffrey, particularly when it comes to the matters of Twitter's reaction to this. So I have things to say. It has to do with people holding two thoughts in their heads at the same time. So we'll get into that. Uh... We will talk to Dan Bespris about the National Basketball Association. Paul Carr will join us to talk Champions League, specifically second leg of round of 16 Champions League today and tomorrow, and what you need to know about the changing rules of the Champions League, because there used to be some uh, rule shenanigans with away goals that are no longer there. So we'll talk about that, what his thoughts are on all four games today and tomorrow. Greg Peterson, fresh off. A brand new one-minute promo video narrated by the great Brent Musburger extolling the virtues of Greg Hoops Peterson. Greg will join us to talk all college basketball. whole bunch of tournaments begin today. We have six automatic bids determined by championship games as well. How about, the, uh, how about that Chattanooga-Furman ending yesterday? Were you on that one? Were you on that game it's at all? a nice all? way to cash a plus 260 uh, pre-tournament uh, ticket on Chattanooga. The Mox, short for moccasins, because barely we can't say moccasins anymore. Beat the Paladins, warrior, war hero, renowned for bravery, knight. Uh, they beat him 64-63 on a, a David Jean-Baptiste fading to his left three in overtime that I, I cannot believe. First of all, I didn't think he was going to get it off in time. He did. And then... It was four. There were 4.3 seconds. So Furman basically went up two with 4.3 seconds left in overtime. And then the frantic sort of zigzag across the court, which ends up pinned in a corner, three guys on him, fade to the left, count it. And that is why we love college basketball at this time of year. The first buzzer beater of championship week, Chattanooga in the big dance. And Furman, the first heartbreak of it all. And immediately... At least three of Furman's players on the court go to the hands-to-the-head reaction. Like, just what, ha- what has befallen us? So we'll get into college basketball with Greg a little later on. Uh, we'll do all that. But first, ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining us, wasn't here last week, but he's back in the fold from the Deep Dive podcast. And, of course, the Bet the Edge podcast from NBC Sports. It's our buddy Drew Dinsick. How you doing, Drew? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you again for having me back. That was a great breakdown. And yes, you can't get uh, you can't get more dramatic than the ending we had in Furman Chattanooga last night. It really if that doesn't warm you up for March Madness, then nothing will. That's right. You don't have a pull. Nuga, Nuga, getting it done. 
Uh, okay, so here's what's great about having you here, too. Yesterday, and you alerted me to this first. I didn't know when I, when I left the numbers game yesterday morning. All of a sudden, some NFL draft props started, started popping up in some spots. And when the NFL draft uh, comes to the fore with betting opportunities, we push everything else to the side first. If you want to get into that, so these are in. Uh, so DraftKings has some. First of all, we can talk about those. Uh, number one pick in the draft. Where, where do you stand on the number one pick? Let's just start there. Uh, it's a three-man race, and you probably need best price available in all three if you expect to profit on this one. I don't think that there's really any consensus or any information that suggests Evan Neal ought to be minus 110 at this point. Um, so taking a shot on the likes of an Icky or a Hutchinson at uh, at the at the plus money prices isn't crazy. Um, the Jaguars, you know, this we've seen this pick. You know, we've seen this market mature uh, over the balance now of um, about four months. Uh, this is the only draft market that was up at the end of last, uh, you know, at the end of 2021. Um, and at the time, you know, Thibodeau was the consensus expectation to go number one. And then that flipped to Hutchinson and then ultimately to Neal. Um, and the shift from, you know, the Jags taking a defensive player to a tackle was, you know, you could see that coming because, um, you know, they, they, it was pretty clear, at least that, uh, you know, the Jaguars, once they solidified the one seed, um, that their need, no, their number one need really is protection for for uh, the young Trevor Lawrence, you know, and and I think, um, you know, with a class that is so rich in offensive tackle talent, uh, picking the best available makes sense. And uh, right now we're sitting at a place where uh, Evan Neal went into the combine, expected to be, you know, kind of consensus number one tackle. Um, and Icky closed the gap on him significantly because he actually did some of the measurables and, uh, you know, and really impressed people, not just from a physical standpoint, but, uh, you know, from all of the interactions that they had. So Neal has given up some ground to Icky. Decent chance that Icky gets uh, taken number one here. Um, but the wild card in all this is that free agency could still happen. And I've heard that in general, uh, you know, the Jags are kicking the tires on the likes of a Teron Armstead. Um, and if they make a, uh, if they land a big free agent uh, left tackle, then the likelihood that they flip and take Hutchinson number one is still there. So uh, not crazy in my mind to take a long shot price on a Hutchinson, but uh, I would only really get involved in that market if you already have a nice price on Neil, a nice price on Icky. Yeah, we're starting with the ones that have already been up and then we're crescendoing to the ones that just appeared yesterday. One more that was already up. Uh, at first round, uh, let's go with the first quarterback selected. Uh, let's go to that because Malik Willis is now the favorite, is now the short shot here. And I'm saying Kenny Pickett at plus 175 at DraftKings. It's plus 190 in some other places. Always shop around for these. Would you take a flyer on Kenny Pickett at that price? Yeah, I guess let's talk a little strategy, step back a bit and uh, talk about this particular draft and sort of the uncertainty that is especially present this year. Um, things are going to be different this year than most years. Number one, because you have a concentration of multiple teams getting picks early in the draft and that changes some yes. strategy on their part, right? Like the jets are picking four and 10. They have eyes for their, they're going to get a wide receiver. Do they love a wide receiver enough to take him four to make sure that he's, you know, that they don't miss out on their guy or do they take some other, you know, try to address some other need with a high end talent at defensive end and then just take the best of the wide receivers available at 10. Like those kind of questions are going to make this particular draft more complicated. On top of that, you have a lot of new GMs, a lot of GMs where we don't have like a track record of 
which information people are plugged into these guys because that matters. Like you need to know which mock drafts you can count on that. Oh, there are a couple of sprinkles of information on who this team likes in this particular mock draft that are meaningful. Whereas the, you know, a lot of the other rest of the stuff may not matter much. Um, and right now, at least as we come into this draft, there has been more turnover at the GM position this year than most years. And so there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of who, which, you know, what you, what information you can rely on versus what's completely speculative that we don't know that the Texans wouldn't do that. <laughs> so it's a, uh, there, there's a lot of uncertainty in this year's draft. And so in general, laying a price feels foolish um, at face value, at least now, right? You know, things may change as we come down and we may have a long laugh about, can you believe we got over seven and a half offensive linemen at minus 200? It should have been <laughs> minus 2000, right? You know, like that kind of thing may happen as we go through this process. But right now laying the price seems absolutely bananas to me. Um, and so, yeah, laying the price with Malik Willis to go first quarterback is doesn't make a ton of sense. I know that he was one of the biggest winners of combine weekend. Uh, clearly he interviewed exceptionally well. A lot of people were wildly impressed with, uh, you know, just his overall, um, you know, the impression that he made talking to him, you know, the way he carries himself and, you know, and what they were able to glean without seeing all of the metrics kind of, you know, all of the, you know, um, the physical stuff. Um, that said, uh, there are pretty clear connections to a team like the Carolina Panthers who are picking what sixth, uh, and the Panthers are, you know, they, they, you know, Matt rule recruited Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, the, the, um, the brain trust over at Carolina seems intent on answering the quarterback question in some way, shape or form. Now it sounds like they're in the Russell Wilson market. They may be also trying to acquire quarterbacks via other methods, um, but certainly, um, you know, the likelihood that if they take a quarterback, it would be Pickett at six is not is non-zero. Um, now, Pickett was one of the biggest losers of Combine Weekend uh -huh. because his hands measured extremely small, <laughs> and there are a lot of analysts that uh, are very, very cool on Pickett's potential for succeeding in the NFL, largely because if you have small hands and you're playing in um, in poor weather. Uh, which is more common in the NFL than college, um, you know, you can have issues. Look no further than the likes of, you know, Jared Goff, who we kind of chortle about whenever he's playing outdoors, cold weather in the winter. And, you know, it's like yeah, this, this could go badly. Um, I think you can amplify that, those concerns for a guy like Pickett, especially because you look at the games he played last year, they were all in good weather. And so you really don't have any signal for at least the small sample of, of games you have of Pickett to say that the small hands issue isn't going to be real when you get to the NFL level. So um, if you want to take a shot on Pickett, that's not crazy. Willis seems like the correct just consensus just because there are teams like the Steelers who have kind of made it very clear that they're enamored with him uh, and that they may actually be actively trying to trade up to make sure that nobody scoops, um, you know, Willis from them. Um, but all that said, the quarterback class is poor this year. Make no mistake about that. Uh, and I think ultimately, uh, you know, you could see a number of these guys slide as other positions are are addressed in the process. Okay, we'll come back. We'll we'll talk about the ones that uh, were just posted yesterday in uh, some faraway places. Total defensive players drafted in the first round. Total offensive players drafted in the first round. I think there's some uh, some opportunity there. Uh, not to mention total quarterbacks drafted in the first round. We'll get into that. And I, I do want to, again, the point you made, and this is, has, has nothing to do with what we just talked about, the point you made about this draft, betting-wise as opposed to others, that we do have a situation, right, uh, as you pointed out, where the, the Jets draft – 4th and 10th, the Eagles 15th and 16th, and perhaps most relevantly, 
Uh, it is the Giants who draft fifth and seventh, which makes for yeah. an interesting quirk about like individual players going in individual places. Taking it to the extreme, the 2009 Major League Baseball draft, the Angels had the 24th and 25th picks in the draft. They took Randy Grichuk, Randall Grichuk, 24th, Mike Trout, 25th. <laughs> Both ended up being great ball players, but Mike Trout's otherworldly, so you got to keep those things in mind. Coming back with Drew. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Drew Dinsick here at Whale underscore Capper, uh, co-host of the Deep Dive podcast, which he does with Andy Molitor, and of course NBC Sports Bet the Edge, which he does with Sarah Perlman. Drew, we have a lot of, a lot to get to here this uh, segment, so I want to rapid fire from the start. One, tennis. You, me, and Dan Weston going to do a podcast tomorrow on Indian Wells, baby. BNP Paribas, the fifth, if you will, de facto fifth major of tennis. So I'm looking forward to that. Any one little nugget you want to give the numbers game audience here real quick before we dive into other stuff? The women's first round looks amazing. There's like five matches that I circled that I was like, I'm very interested in these, but uh, the men's side is turning into a mess just the way that they're handling it. <laughs> we'll get into that more tomorrow, um, but uh, still haven't seen enough information on how the draw is going to shake out there that uh, has given me any indication as to who is likely to win. But uh, yeah. boy, uh, it, it the men's side is more chaotic than it's been in about 10 years. And I see uh, Sasha Zverev just with the one-year probation just came down as well. Yeah. A little violence, right. a little umpire violence. Uh, okay, um, NBA tonight, any plays before we get back to football? There's not much that's uh, value on the board tonight. Uh, we're in a weird flux right now where you have a lot of, t- you know, a lot of uh, tanking teams. And, you know, you have matchups like Milwaukee, Oklahoma City, where Milwaukee ought to win by about 16 points market says 13. I saw, so I show a little bit of value there by on Milwaukee. Um, you know, there's been heavy duty steam on Orlando against Phoenix, which is tough to really kind of wrap my brain around. Cause Orlando is quite poor. Um, but uh, Brooklyn nets is a play for me. I like them at minus three. I think the quality you saw from them on Sunday against Boston was a good, that was, that was as good as you could hope the nets to play. Um, and they're at reasonably full strength now with KD and, and uh, Kyrie Irving available in Charlotte, uh, and I think uh, they're going to be able to take advantage of their matchup advantages against the Hornets and uh, win with margin. So laying three with the uh, Nets in Charlotte is probably my favorite look on the board. Okay, back to the NFL draft. Now, these started popping up, so let's start with quarterbacks, as we just discussed them. Three and a half is where we uh, see the total number of quarterbacks posted in a faraway place. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, every mock I've seen, not every, by the way, I just saw, I just saw my first mock with a fourth quarterback, so I shouldn't say every. Uh, <laughs> but the under is heavily juiced at minus 175. That's not juiced enough, though, is it? Like three and a half seems high, even though, you know, again, caveat, these teams do get quarterback crazy. Draft day. Yesterday we talked about this within five minutes of these going up. Yeah. 
And that was your first comment was three and a half seems very, very um, bettable to the under. And it was minus 130 at the time. And yes, now it's it minus 175. Yep. And this is hysterical because we are less than 24 hours from this market being open. Uh, and it has been steamed from minus 130 to minus 175. And one would say, wow, this is getting sharper earlier than ever because here we are in the beginning of March and these numbers are getting <laughs> pounded in to the tune of, you know, 50 cents, which is, it seems insane, but here we are. Um, but these are low limits. And, uh, you know, there's some sharp play, sharper players getting more information earlier who are shaping these markets as early as I can ever remember seeing it. So I think to the degree that you can, um, you know, you can be, ahead of the market on this, you're going to have to be. And then quarterback under is one that qualifies. Now, I'm not running to lay minus 175. There is a very um, realistic chance that somebody trades into the bottom of round one to take the likes of a Matt Corral or a uh, uh, Desmond Ritter. Um, That said, I think two is just as likely as three in terms of how many quarterbacks get taken and four would be uh, sort of the outside shot. Um, so I think, uh, you know, realistically of the juicier props that are available or of the ones that you think are the most mispriced three and a half seems like the easy answer. Yeah. And I just want to emphasize that for people who are sort of new to the show, when we talk about things, you know, initially, and then the price goes somewhere else, we're not advocating it necessarily at the at the second price. So again, we, we Drew and I were talking about it yesterday. It was minus one thirty. That that has to do, by the way, also with the state of the NBA champion yesterday. It was minus one fifty five when we were talking about it. Then it, it flew up after that. Well, we're not talking about betting it now. We're talking about it at the price we were talking about yesterday. By the way, there'll be some about Cade Cunningham later on the show, which we advocated last week as well, which has crashed in uh, NBA Rookie of the Year. Uh, how about this? How about this? Uh, defensive players, offensive players. Yeah. So now, you again, my first reaction, you and I were texting about this. My first reaction on this was, okay, well, one's at 17 and a half, I believe it is, and one is at 14 and a half. Don't you go, so it's offensive at 17 and a half, defensive at 14 and a half, obviously 32 yeah. players in the first round. Don't you go over on the defensive players at 14 and a half and under on the offensive at 17 and a half? Uh, you know, those are backwards. Oh yeah. No, we <laughs> have backwards. Count, those are backwards. Yeah, we have no, 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 no. I'm saying that they're priced in their price back price backwards. Seven, correct. Yes. Defensive yes. ought to be about 17 and offensive ought to be about 14 by my count. So, yeah. uh, yeah, no, I, I think realistically, um, you know, this coming in with defense beating offense by, uh, you know, 17 to 15 kind of account is where I'm at currently. Um, and realistically with, uh, you know, as teams kind of talk themselves into some of these cornerbacks and some of these edge players who are kind of at the bottom of the first round, uh, I think you could even see this get amplified even more right now. Um, if the, the positional, you know, some of the offensive linemen who are relatively secure in the top half of the draft, I think is guiding this market to a degree. Um, um, but uh, for sure, make sh- you know you understand that under 17 and a half is exactly the same bet as over 14 and a half, because there's not going to be a special teams player that's taken in round one at any year, let alone this year. And so for those reasons, if you can get minus 130 on under 17 and a half, that's obviously a better play than over 14 and a half at minus 150. <laughs> Um, so the, uh, the, the defensive players, I do think, uh, have the advantage in this particular draft. I would expect that there are 16, uh, or 17 taken. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the, that market does look backwards to me. Okay. Was there something else out there that you also, that was posted yesterday for the first time you're like, Hmm, interesting. Well, I'll kind of give you a quick rundown. So we're Please. starting to see, we're starting to see, um, 
in the running back prop market uh, that was open, first running back taken, Brees Hall got smashed from plus 200 to minus 150. <laughs> so that was a very quick consensus that Hall will be the first running back taken. Uh, wide receiver, first wide receiver taken, DraftKings has best prices available for that one right now. Garrett Wilson still at plus 140. He was a big winner uh, of uh, the combine weekend from everything I've heard. Uh, and I think he ultimately closes as the favorite in that market. Um, similarly, uh, I would say that uh, Trayvon Walker was a huge winner uh, in the um, uh, in the combine weekend. His, his measurables were like eye popping for even for someone like me who's not especially tuned to what matters or who's you know what like what's a good number on any of this stuff. The Trayvon Walker percent he was at like the 99th percentile in everything, uh, and he is uh, he his his draft draft stock at least in the market has improved appreciably because of that. I think he realistically could be uh, a top five pick, which uh, which will be interesting when we see his uh, over under number pop because uh, that'll be the next round of stuff that comes out. And I think, um, uh, you know, there's that more than anything. Once we see those, you'll, you'll be able to get a little bit more uh, money down, a little bit more activity in those markets. These uh, these numbers that we're talking about right now, I think, are still pretty soft. And uh, and as mentioned, because of the low limits, they're getting beat up pretty aggressively, even in the uh, in the first 24 hours. Yeah. Anytime you're ready, Vegas. Anytime you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to set the over/under for the first Vegas numbers coming out on like you know April 15th. That's what I'm. Well, this is the funny thing is yeah. that the draft is in Vegas this year. That's and right. You would think that it's going to be a big betting you event. Would think. You would think. Yes. Uh, that said, I've I've been picking the brains of some of the odds makers, and uh, they want no they, part of it. Well, they're they, everybody knows. Like the the perception from the odds from the odds side of things is. We'd like to break even on this. We are we're desperately not trying to not lose our shirts on the draft market because it's an information market. Yep. It's a very different type of offering. And to to make things even more complicated, they're dealing with college basketball conference tournaments in March Madness. Like that is a, that is a much higher handle uh, over the month the month of March than anything they're going to take in the draft side of things. So uh, I get why the uh, the focus is a little bit uh, skewed away from what we would be maybe more interested in. Yeah, we all get it, Drew. That don't that don't that don't make it right, but we all get it. By the way, uh, you said uh, Garrett Wilson went to uh, the short the short shot in uh, wide receivers. Who was it before? Was it Drake London? We were seeing. Yeah, Drake London was yeah. originally, and I think that was just based on maybe Daniel Jeremiah or somebody's mock draft. Maybe that's all he, it takes, had Drake right? London kind of early. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Guy, so a guy like a guy like da- da- Daniel Jeremiah is so well plugged in, particularly to teams like the Jets who have pick four and ten this year, um, that anything he publishes is going to immediately. Move the market, and I think he had Drake London going seven to the Giants as the first wide receiver off the board, and because of that, um, that's probably why he opened up as the favorite there. Yeah. Uh, realistically, though, I think uh, you know he did fine. Nothing, he didn't do it. He did his stock didn't fall at the combine, but Garrett Wilson's definitely went up. And I would also say that uh, um, Burks, I thought, also did well in terms of measurables. He's just a different type of wide receiver than the ones who have been succeeding recently. So I think that may be why he's not shooting up the board. I'm with you, though. Jer- Daniel Jeremiah has become the sort of number one go-to mock draft guy. For me, he has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just in terms of who he's connected to and the yeah. fact that he's already published two mocks and it's early March, like, that, he now he's kind of captured the the sort of the, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's right. setting the trends. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. Calvin Ridley talk next. Numbers Gave Beast in the Sports Betting Network. 
the numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, date, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray, and Wes Reynolds. Can we give Wes some love here? They have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to their potential Cinderella. Sign up today to get the betting guide, plus full access to Beeson through April 5th for only 19 United States dollars at vcin.com slash madness. All right, biggest story uh, in the sports betting world yesterday, of course, uh, heard around the uh, around the globe, at least uh, around this nation, Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons wideout Calvin Ridley, who had taken a, uh, a leave for mental health reasons this past season, was suspended a year for gambling, by Roger Goodell in the National Football League for making uh, three, five, and eight-team parlays for, as Ridley put it, a total of $1,500 in the state of Florida on the Hard Rock Sportsbook app. Now, officials at the sportsbook recognized Ridley's name and alerted the league, uh, this all taking place while Ridley was on the team's non-football injury list. Now, Here's, here's what I'd just like to sort of add to the conversation. And I, it's, it's just the, what got me yesterday was the inability of people to hold two distinct thoughts in their heads at the same time. So, uh, first of all, let's just talk about the winners here. Because there's only, there's only, there's very few winners. One, I think, first of all, legalize sports books. The, the notion, first of all, that Calvin Ridley hit the window of legalized Florida sports booking was maybe the most underrated point of this, where Florida had sports book for like a minute and a half, and he managed to place the best during that, and then it went away. But the real thing that was the, the win for legalized sports book is that they reported it, right? They saw Calvin Ridley's name. They recognized Calvin Ridley's name. They reported it. So that's a check mark. Because, again, remember all the years before legalized sports betting, the knock on it was, oh, sports betting is going to be, is going to, oh, corruption. Well, no, they're actually the best arbiters of, the best, I should say, uh, watchdogs of that kind of thing. And they proved it uh, in this case. But now to the, to the real matter at hand. Because I heard a lot of people yesterday, also, you know, heard, also read on Twitter, a lot of people yesterday going into this whole thing about the punishment being too harsh. Because he got a year, he's only eligible for reinstatement in February of 2023, and only if they allow him to be reinstated into the National Football League. And listen, I think this is one of these things, again, in life, where you have to be able to hold two things in in your head at the same time. One, the cardinal rule, the cardinal rule is you cannot bet on your own sport. For those who say, hey, Gil, he was on the non-football injury list. It's irrelevant. He's still a member of the Atlanta Falcons. He's still an NFL player. For those who say, oh, it was only $1,500, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter if it was $1,500 or if it was $150,000. You cannot give even the hint or the whiff of an impression that the integrity of any game is compromised. Period. As the kids say. Do they still say that, the kids? You can't do that. You can't. And from the early parts of your career, that is beaten into your head as a professional athlete. 
So Calvin Ridley, sorry, I know kids find it as, as a bad word. It was stupid to do this. Sorry to be blunt. He just was. We all know pro athletes. Well, not all of us, but some of us know pro athletes. They like to bet, but you know what? They're smart enough not to bet on their own sport. You just don't do it. And so, okay. So people are like, yeah, but the punishment wasn't, wasn't commensurate with the crime. Listen, another, another thing I hear yesterday. Well, I mean, the NFL, they only, they, only gave, they only gave Ray Rice, you know, a slap on the wrist initially and Josh Brown. Oh, oh and good Lord, what they did, what they did to uh, it's the wide receiver with the Browns, with the, with the weed, my man. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Thank you, Jeff. What they did to him was ridiculous and egregious. Yes, yes, and yes. All of those things are true. And on this show, we talked about all of that more than anybody did, well before any other person here at least was comfortable talking about it. I would do segments on this stuff. Roger Goodell was absolutely an idiot, and I don't care if you think that's a harsh word for him, on all of those matters. He was. But that has nothing to do with this. It doesn't. Yes, those things were bad, the way he handled those. But on this, you have to send the message. You have to. There's no, there's no pussyfooting around it. You can't do that. You cannot. And so I get it. I get why the, the punishment is as harsh as it is, despite all those other things. Despite all those other things being, being valid, just, they're just irrelevant to this matter. Now, and again, another sort of thing that someone could put forth. Well, but Gil, now, now sports betting is legal. In 1963, when Alex Karras and Paul Hornig were suspended by the NFL for gambling, that was a different time. In 1983, when Art Schleister was suspended for betting, that was a different time. Yeah, that's irrelevant, too. It, it's just it still doesn't puncture the core here that you cannot give even the impression, whether true or not, right? Because everybody's saying the NFL is very eager to tell you that there was no inside information used here and that nothing, you know, it's a very isolated incident and it's the only one. Ah, okay. They want you to they want you to believe that, right? By the way, has anybody poked uh, has anybody investigated this how the NFL actually investigated this? That's a whole nother matter, right? So again, I'm with you on all those things, but none of those things are relevant in my humble opinion to this punishment. Now, the one thing, the one thing where I am on your side <clears throat> in terms of saying, "Okay, yeah, but" cuz all those yeah buts don't fly in my opinion. The yeah, but that does fly is this Stephen Ross matter, because that also cuts to the integrity of the game in current times. And that one, quite frankly, and what I'm talking about is Brian Flores in his lawsuit alleges that Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 per loss. If he would just go ahead and lose a game, make sure the old Dolphins lost a football game for tanking purposes. I'll give you $100,000 a pop. Now, that hasn't been adjudicated yet. This Calvin Ridley matter was sort of a uh, very lickety-split quick thing where Calvin Ridley's like, yeah, I did it. What was he going to say? The book's out his name. Calvin Ridley. <laughs> betting, betting on football. By the way, the other thing. Oh, but he bet on his own team. Let me just throw that out before we go back to the Stephen Ross thing. Oh, but he bet on the Falcons. 
look, it was only a it was only a window of time. But what happens then when you don't bet on the Falcons? Right? You could say that if it if it had extended. But even though with it out extending into a, a subsequent week, you again you it, it just it just it just leaves the door open for for the notion of impropriety and there's you are nothing if you don't have the integrity of the game right okay but back to the Stephen Ross thing cuz this one I'm with you on what what really will drive everyone crazy here and is driving people crazy and I do think is valid is this notion that you really went you really investigated this Calvin Ridley thing I guess to the full extent and gave him the full punishment but are you doing the same thing with the Stephen Ross thing? Because the Stephen Ross thing is a massively larger, it could be argued, than, than the Calvin Ridley matter. Because Stephen Ross, an owner of an NFL franchise, incentivizing his own coach to lose football games. It doesn't get worse than that. If that's proven, Stephen Ross will be owner for like 10 more seconds. He will be stripped of his ownership. So what people want to see, and this is where I am in agreement with folks, that's got to be pursued just as vigorously. Because if that's not done, then Roger Goodell has stepped in it again. But as far as all the other things, I'm sorry, I get it. I, I, I hate everything about it. I'm, I'm with the sentiment that this sucks. It is. It's, it's sort of sad that this happened. Also because, and this sort of circles back to the very first point, Calvin Ridley left the Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons for mental health reasons. And one would hope in a perfect world, if the world was perfect, that when someone has a problem like that, that in adjudicating this, you would temper justice with mercy. And you would sort of say, well, boy, let's, let's go a little lighter because things, aren't, things haven't been going well for Calvin Ridley to begin with. But we don't live in that kind of world, and you can't make exceptions in this case. So I, I just wanted to say a couple words about that because I do think it falls under the general category of we got to be able to hold two different thoughts in our heads at the same time. And besides the Stephen Ross matter, none of that stuff, while all true, I'm with you on most of that stuff, if not all, while all true, none of that has to do with meeting out this punishment. hope people understand that. Um, I'm surprised it took this long, by the way. And if you think this is isolated, I think you're naive. Coming back, NBA with Dan Bespers next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit at BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is. Ryan G., 
listen to what you said on uh, Calvin Ridley. So Hard Rock Casino snitched, shaking my head. <laughs> Snitch. You know what they say about snitches. Um, nah, man, they did what they are supposed to do. They really did. Phil Weiss, who always has something great to say. Maybe he should get the chair for such a heinous crime. Yeah, because that's what we said, Phil. Oh, God. This is from Knotts. Calvin Ridley is wrong, but the punishment is excessive. Also, isn't it super hypocritical Roger Goodell is a bet MGM spokesman? Hmm. What do you have to say about that, Jeff Parlay? That was your big pet peeve with yeah, all this. Yeah, of all the arguments that were out there, I'll listen to the, the suspension was too long arguments. I'll listen to that. I understand why the league suspended him a whole year for exactly the reasons you said. But the argument of the league is hypocritical for sp- suspending someone for betting on games because the league is in bed with these gam- with, with the uh, gambling companies, that's not an argument. One thing doesn't have to do with the other. They're Thank you. two separate things. Thank you. Two separate thoughts. Thank it's ridiculous. You. From Greg V at NJNY, for what it's worth, Gil just gave the best monologue on the Calvin Ridley suspension out there. Covered just about everything. I hope VEASAN releases the whole thing because it's as on point as you can get on the entire subject. Thank you, Greg V. I appreciate that. From uh, G. Weezy, G. Player Sports. Couldn't have articulated that any better. Well said regarding Ridley. Your words, my thoughts, exactly. This is from Kiss the Degenerate. Gil holding two thoughts at once? Who does that? Seriously, though, a thousand percent agree with every word you uttered. Well said. Uh, we as bettors should be grateful for the sportsbook's reaction to Calvin Ridley's betting. Uh, let's talk some NBA. Appreciate all the feedback. Again, positive or negative on that. Uh, Dan Bespris, ladies and gentlemen, from sportsethos.com and the Fantasy NBA Today podcast with the best audio in the business. Dan Bespris, how you doing, man? I You hold me to this standard. If I ever don't have my oh, setup, the whole thing's coming to pieces. It. You're over at that point. It's over. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. It's like you're two here. Two thoughts at the same time? Wait, two? <laughs> I know. You're talking multiple? I know. Someone's got into me. I'm sorry. You uh, think anyone has ever held three? Dude, now you're pushing it. Tip over. Now you <laughs> just tip over. It's more than the human brain can handle. Yeah, it's done. I would love that. Just a tip over at that point. That's outstanding. <laughs> uh, let me. That's great. Sixers beat the Bulls last night, one twenty-one to one hundred six. Embiid forty-three and fourteen. Uh, Harden almost messed around. He got a triple double, sixteen eight and fourteen. And Tyrese, who's becoming the three-man, he did it again, 17 points. I love Tyrese Maxey in college, by the way. Um, okay, that's 4-0 and now with Harden, because remember, he had the hamstring the other night when they lost, so he, he didn't play. 4-0 and with Harden in the new Embiid-Harden era of the Sixers. This is exactly what you and I were talking about with Daryl Morey. I don't care if you're setting two first-round picks. I don't care if you're overpaying. You cannot waste this Embiid year. And so far, I get it, small sample size, the returns couldn't be any better. Are you convinced, and here's the real question, that they can make it through the Eastern Conference in the playoffs? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not convinced of that yet. Although I got to say this, the, the acclimation period has been as fast as I could have ever imagined. I didn't think there was any chance that they'd look this good together this quickly. But you are seeing kind of a, a different James Harden, and I don't want to turn it into that kind of discussion. But then there were there was footage last night of him after the win going out and running steps in the arena. So like, there's a motivational element here that wasn't happening with James in Brooklyn, in Houston. We haven't seen this Harden for probably 
two and a half calendar years, something in that neck. I don't know what the last two and change years all feels like one very weird day. Uh, I keep looking at it and wondering what's to become of our poor Boston Celtics Atlantic division. <laughs> wager. Uh, Harden yeah. is going to most likely going to sit out four games the rest of the way. They have four back to backs. That's your window. If you're Boston, not that Boston cares about my betting ticket, but if they did, that would be their chance to catch up. Uh, Philly looks really, really good. I don't know if they're coming out of the East, but they got a heck of a lot better because they basically added a superstar for nothing. They sent away a player that wasn't playing and some good shooting fringe pieces that, you know, you don't need as much once you've got Harden and Embiid on the floor together, getting 40 free throws a night. I mean, there, there's just an efficiency benchmark with them. That's crazy. They are. I don't want to hear the complaints either. Can we jump out in front of that? The complaints that like, no one's going to want to watch the free throw shooting. They're just good, man. These guys get fouled. I know everybody hates James Harden. He's kind of a basketball genius. He figures out exactly how to work the rules in his favor. And that's a skill. That's a skill that other people can't do and then try to copy him on it. I actually am kind of in awe of what Harden's done in his career some people hate it. I think it's kind of amazing. Yeah, when he was at Arizona State and at OKC, though, like I just remember marveling at what a unique, different type of player he was then. This is sort of the more aesthetically unpleasing version of being a unique player, <laughs> right? Uh, by the way, your Celtics bet still was awesome. 25-1 to 1 to win the Atlantic. They're only two games back. And can you argue that any team is playing better than the Celtics? I guess you could with the Sixers, but, but that's a really small sample size. The Celtics completely on fire. Yeah, they're eight and two. Their last ten, also, they've been amazing since basically the turn of the year. I think Al Horford was talking about how it was right around that point. They had I forget who the opponent was for Boston, but it was right around the turn of the year that they started to figure things out. The defense clicked. They've had the best defense in the NBA for about two months now, and that was the beauty of that wager is that no one really pays attention to the best defense in the NBA, and so we were able to get the Celtics at a crazy price while they were the best in the league at something that most betters weren't paying attention to. James Harden did throw a bit of a wrinkle in them catching up on the Sixers. But like you said, anything's possible. It's only two games. Uh, we've still got a month left. But it doesn't look as great now as it did pre-trade when the Sixers were floundering and Boston was gaining uh, about two games a week on him. Um, that was fun. I mean, Boston has as decent a shot as to come out of the East. When you play the best defense in the NBA, you get hot for a couple games. Yeah. You never know what could happen. Man, the East, the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be spectacular. Like it's like How five. long do you think before folks start to actually trust the Miami Heat? Because they're yeah. so good, and I still don't think anybody believes they can do it. Yeah, I mean, they lead the conference by three games. They're going, it looks like they are going to be the number one seed in a just stacked conference with the Sixers, the Bucks, the Bulls, and the Celtics, let alone the Cavs and the Raptors. We don't even consider them anymore. Uh, okay, Okay, last thing because I do. Let's just give this thirty seconds because we don't want to get your any picks you have tonight. But LeBron drops fifty six on the Warriors on Saturday, and then I'm he didn't play last night. And there's like some reports where it's like really severe knee soreness. Like what's I don't want to laugh, but uh, it's the old father time is undefeated thing. If he drops fifty six, can we ex can we expect this to happen afterwards? I guess. I mean, he, the Lakers in such a tight spot because of how many games AD's missed this year and LeBron at the front end of the season that they're they're stuck. Uh, you know, they've they've only got a three game lead on the Blazers with the play in tournament. Luckily for the Lakers, the Blazers are in full tank mode right now and the Spurs are 
attempting to tank a little bit, but then, you know, kind of accidentally beat the Lakers last night with DeJounte Murray doing most of the things himself and Jakob Pertl. The Lakers need to win uh, about, you know, I don't know, two out of every five ball games right now to stay in the play in. And I think that's about as many games as they're going to hope to get out of LeBron down the stretch. I probably would have tried to flip flop it if I was the Lakers play him against the bad teams. Make sure you win those games kind of schedule an L against the better clubs. But that, mm-hmm. I think, is what we're looking at down the stretch. They want to make sure that when they get to the play-in tournament, LeBron's knee can hold up for X number of games in a row, even if he has to sit out one in a seven-game series. you got to get there first. They're not going to push him right now. They're lucky that the teams trailing them are quite bad, and many of them trying to lose, or they'd have to push him harder. So, yes, they should be concerned. They've sh- been concerned I, you know, I, I foolishly thought they might get healthy at the same time at the no. beginning of this year. That's not happening. You're, you're, uh, you're so, so right. Blazers, Blazers have lost yeah. five in a row as the 11th seed. So Blakers have a three game edge on, you know, not flirting with being out of the plan. So they're good for now. And they look to be good to make the plan anyway. Uh, real quick, 20 seconds. That's all you got. Give me a pick tonight. What do you got? Oh, boy. You know, I was going to go Clippers, but that line has come plummeting down, so I don't think we're getting that great of a number anymore. I think they're catching five and a half after it may have opened near seven. I would look at the Pelicans catching five as the thing I'm closest to, but I don't have any plays to make you vomit today. I'm very sorry. That's all right. You still gave us three thoughts. I'll make you tip over, so that's good enough for me. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. You fill someone's head with water, and then down they go. (laughs) At Dan Bestbris on Twitter, B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Thank you, Dano. Coming back, Champions League with Paul Carr next.